there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody, and Spencer, I would like to be the first one to wish you Happy International Podcast Day. Hey, happy International Podcast Day to you too, man. Thanks, buddy. It's It's been Whatever really great. Yeah, I mean, I, how, have you, how have you celebrated today? I have had some of this very nice yellow rose. Oh, yeah, there you go. Whatever, it's a it's a blended whiskey, whiskey, a blended whiskey. This is how we're celebrating uh, Happy International Podcast Day with some yellow rose. I'm I'm sadly mixing it. I don't like it straight. Hey, you, you, people like what you like. That's cool. Yeah. So, cheers, cheers. Ah, there he goes. True professional. <laughs> ASMR, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way. All right. Um, thanks for for joining us on the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. Um, if you haven't yet, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter follower count has been going up. In case you want to hear us ramble on there on that platform as well, you can find the podcast at Twenty Three Personnel. You can follow me at Punts Suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Um, obviously you can find us on just about any of your podcast catchers. I mistakenly said you can find us on Stitcher. I'm remedying that now. I, I didn't know that was not a, a publisher that received our feed through our host. All right. So I had to kind of connect those dots myself. It's still in the process of being reviewed. We should be on Stitcher soon. Rock and roll, man. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google, you name it. Your favorite podcatcher. Yep. So rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us all the five stars. Helps us show up in the search when you look for Texas Tech Podcast. There are a few of us now. So if you're looking for a Texas Tech Podcast, be sure you're checking out the 23 personnel. Yeah, we'd appreciate the listen. There's a... It's a growing community. We're we're glad to be glad to be a part of it, and I hope that uh, we can fit into your your busy podcast schedule. That is probably just getting busier as these other ones keep coming out, and some some right. of them been around a little bit. But uh, welcome, welcome everyone. And for those that want to partake in multiple, we're trying to keep our episodes on the shorter, not shorter side, but shorter for us about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're going to try to continue that probably for the rest of the year. So you can consume multiple and not have to break our show up into three or four different segments. <laughs> right. Cause we couldn't shut up. Yeah. Um, we teased some big news last week. I guess, I guess we were getting closer to reaching an agreement with, uh, I don't know if we actually said exactly what it was. We didn't, we were very cryptic 
to where someone actually commented on our stake in the planes post asking what's the big news oh <laughs> whoops we are we were a little too cryptic sorry about that sorry we are probably going to be joining a podcast network yeah we're not, we're not going to share it just yet but they they approached us um back in march this is actually the second time a podcast network has approached us we felt a whole lot more comfortable with this group than the first one um they sent over their their proposal whatever looks great on our end we may be able to make a few bucks off this a month. Not much. We're going to read some Cialis prescription <laughs> ad reads. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, we're, we're obviously the target market, right? That's All. not, that's not far from the truth. I think there are some ads <laughs> that could be a little bit awkward to read, but it'll be fun. Oh, we're, we're going we're gonna to steer into it. We'll, um, we'll figure it out. But yeah, so we would appreciate if, if we do go that direction, if you kind of, if you stick with us, um, the download numbers are obviously how, how we would get reimbursed for our efforts. Um, not much. I mean, we would make $10 a piece a month, maybe. Oh yeah. To each, <laughs> each yeah, person. So it's, it's not like we're, we're not each we're, episode. We're, even. <laughs> we're not going to be making a living on this. It will pay the bills. Yeah. The goal so would be say. to pay the, the pod hosting fee for the year. And mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't be out any of our own dollars and that would be an, a, a good change. Yeah. So, not bad for two guys who just decided to start a podcast 18 months ago. Yeah. Um, give it a shot. We probably will have a, a for sure update by this time next week. Um, we had a couple more questions. We asked the, the owner, um, like I said, we're probably going to be finalizing that stuff here coming up pretty soon. Yeah. We're excited about it. Yep. I think they've got a good platform for us and, uh, it's, it's a group that's trying to get, a podcast on board for pretty much every college team. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's and there'll a, be one to Texas tech podcast, right? There's a couple of big 12 teams on there and, and there's one for Kansas and Kansas state. Yep. And we'd hope to be able to talk with them, especially for basketball and mm-hmm. uh, maybe football. If we get this all ironed out soon enough and we'd probably go on each other's podcast and hopefully give you guys a little bit more perspective on teams we'll be playing and, and what we'll be expecting. Yeah, so you know what else I'm excited about? Yeah. Talking some football. All right, let's do it. He is back to pass, pressured immediately, kind of flings it up there, he's Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks a tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25-10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman. Screen. Underneath Derek Moore. Breaks a tackle. Still running. Up the sideline. Turns on the juice. Touchdown. O'Harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He breaks. Oh, he's the one. Red Raider. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. Okay. Okay, before we get into it, I wanted to ask you, are you truly excited to talk about football this week? Because you did say that before the promo. I'm always excited to talk about football. Okay, all right. Just making sure because this is this is going to be a tough one, folks. I got some heavy folks. <laughs> got to bring out the folks so they all know that I'm I'm serious. 
So with the absence of our usual post-game uh, instant reaction, we're going to do a, an abbreviated quick version wrap-up just so we can touch on what happened in Norman this weekend and then start the preview proper for Oklahoma State. Um, we've got an inter- interview lined up with Marshall from Pistols Firing that we'll get to a little bit later in the episode. Uh, help us get ready for when we host, when we Texas Tech host Oklahoma State Cowboys this weekend. Um, okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. See what we can do to stop Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, that's going to be a task. Yeah. It, as, it, as difficult as maybe stopping Jalen Hurts was. At least. And that's about as good of a segue as I can get. So let's talk about um, what happened this weekend. Texas Tech obviously falls in Norman 55 to 16. I was out of pocket, didn't watch the game. I haven't watched the recording on the DVR just yet. Uh, We're actually recording a day early. And this evening, I was not home. We were out of the corn maze for a, a work thing. And then I came straight over to do the podcast. Did you run into Coach Beard out at the, co- at the corn maze? No, he was there yesterday. Oh, man, you just missed him. Just missed him. Um, I have seen this, excuse me, the six-minute highlight video that the conference posted. And of the six minutes, I think Texas Tech, I think we counted, had five plays on it. Pretty sure. I think it was two of the field goals. There's two field goals, the shine touchdown run. Thompson's run. Thompson's long, almost touchdown run, and the interception. Yeah, that was it. Okay, so let's start there, just because it's the last thing we mentioned. Silver lining, I guess, um, in the defensive performance versus Jalen Hurts. You forced seven incompletions when he was on track to only throw six. <laughs> we kind of touched on this in the in yeah. the preview episode. He had, and the three games leading up, had three incompletions in game one, four in game two, five in game three. He's like, well, he's on a progression to throw six. Yes. You held him to one fewer. He had seven incompletions and he threw his first interception of the season. He also lowered his, his, uh, rushing total by almost two yards. I mean, his rushing average. Hey, I think he was at 9.8 yards per carry before tech played. And now he's at only 7.8. Whatever we can get, man. Excuse me. My gosh. Well, I, I know that you didn't get to. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. To like sit there and, and, and watch this whole thing. So, I was, I was even watching the highlight videos. I was like, just cringing. Having already. 
Good gravy. Having known the outcome of the game before I sat down to watch the the highlight video, my goodness, it was still like I knew it was coming and I watched it happen and I was sad and disappointed and just at a loss for words. Right. Well, we both we both predicted a loss. Uh, it's not like we were we were thinking, oh man, tech, if just a few more plays would have swung their way, then then they might have really come out of there with a, a different a different outcome. I mean, last week you picked you picked. Uh, I was really close. You to were the final very score. close. You had fifty two to thirteen. I had forty nine to seventeen. And so I had the, I, I we between us. I mean, we we got pretty close. But to watch it unfold is never the same. You know, I, I kind of equated it to this the other day. Even if you know you're about to get kicked in the nuts, it's not going to feel good. It never feels better. Even if you're prepared for it. If you know it's coming, it's it it's, doesn't make it hurt any less. So I, I, I want us to go into that with, with that thought because there were a lot of folks that... I keep saying folks. folks. I, I'm trying to be so relatable. There, there are a lot of guys that on... Twitter and on Staking the Plains comment feed that were really ready to burn the place down. And they were almost surprised at what had happened and how it happened. Right. And it wasn't just, and then they would come back and say, well, oh, well, I thought we were going to lose too, but I thought we would lose. I thought we'd look competitive. We'd lose better than that. I guess we would have had, Tech would have had 21 points instead of 16 or, I, I really don't quite get it uh, i mean i i get the argument a lot of folks were man i keep saying it a lot of people were making about the our friends yeah uh about the field goals you know kicking field goals when you're down by you know god awful amount of points as opposed to going for it all right i guess i guess there's some merit to that but i mean you had you converted both those field goals into touchdowns you're talking about eight more points total well, in so the same token 23 like 56 to 23 would you have felt better the way that offense was playing they converted one 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 for three fourth down conversions and you're think, like one of 13 on third down i think that one conversion was a penalty yeah so odds are you wouldn't have converted it and you would have lost 55 to 7 and i think i can say none of you would have gone well at least we went down swinging. At least we, yeah, yeah. I mean, fifty-five to seven—that's respectable. Is yeah. it? Is it though? No one's going to go back and say, "Oh, fifty-five to seven because oh, because they went for all those fourth. That's what it was. That that's what makes it so much better. They're just going to say, "Gosh, fifty-five to seven. Yeah, I remember that year. That was terrible." No one's going to go back and 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 dissect it. So I, I get it. I mean, I, I get why that's an issue uh, to a lot of people because. From the, I think from the get go, if if uh, if Wells would have started Duffy, I think people would have been a little bit more receptive to playing it safe later on, because I think so many people were turned off by that decision, and then it unfolded in there, it just directly in front of them. Everyone was probably about ninety percent of the people who thought that uh, Duffy shouldn't, you know, should be QB one, was sitting there going, see. See, this is why. I mean, this is what are we doing here? And I, I think that kind of came into the decision too of then questioning everything 
mm-hmm. Wells and Yost and company did from that point on after seeing those two first series and they were they were rough. So I'm I'm going to defend Wells here and it's not like oh I, I know I know um, one we know that Duffy was QB three coming out of fall camp two years in a row he was third on the depth chart. Uh, last year behind McLean Carter, then Alan Bowman, um, and then it was Duffy. This year it was Bowman, Tyner, and then Duffy. So two different offensive coordinators, QB coaches, had seen him and evaluated him and said he's third best quarterback um, because of something that's happening in practice that we're not seeing. Um, at some point, practice has to count for something. Like it, It's hard to say, Tyner's looking really good in practice, but let's go with the guy behind him who's doing whatever it is that's getting him, keeping him from being higher on the depth chart. Let's roll with him. So it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, it's difficult to, to defend starting Tyner with how, like how poorly he played and, and, and Duffy doing about as well as everybody would have expected him to, to have done. Right. There's a reason why Duffy didn't start over Tyner. But like it's it's a really difficult position for the coaching staff to be in to defend that decision, right? Yeah, and I think they just kind of gave up on trying to defend it. Uh, th- from the press conference today, it's pretty evident that Duffy's going to be well. Yeah, it, it was the starter going forward. It was like a minute in, he's like Duffy will be the starter going forward, and we're gonna he's going to get all the first team reps. Whereas I think they were splitting first team reps, which would make sense. But you know, Tyner goes out there for the first. Two series or three? There's just two. He went one for five, passing yeah. for two yards. Yeah. So he completed one pass for two yards. And I think by the time Duffy got in, it was they were you were Texas Tech was down seventeen zero. That's correct. Because I guess Oklahoma would have gotten the ball first. They did. Yeah. They did. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, I don't think that's. Let me go back to that. I'm I'm not quite sure if that's. No, Tech got the ball first. No, by the time by the time the Jet came in, it was uh it was only 14, 14 to nothing. Okay. Anyways, Duffy will start this weekend against uh, Oklahoma State. Um Duffy completed 11 of his 20 attempts for 120 yards. Uh no touchdowns, no interceptions, did have a fumble that was lost. Um a really a really beautiful fumble, like a fumble pass. Yeah, he got hit from behind and the ball went flying. I mean, it was <laughs> And then like it was a heck what, of a play. What got me was like all the people that piled on like, "Well, there's the fumble, there's the turnover machine that I know Duffy to be." I was like he got hit from behind. Like Well, and it <laughs> it happens. Like it's not like it was 46 he's, he's to not, No, it was 48 to 16 at that point. It wasn't a game a game it didn't decide the fumble. game. Um I think just yeah. Uh Bright spot would be, at least on the offensive side, rushing. You seem to do pretty well on the ground. I mean, you rushed for nearly 200 yards. Am I correct on that? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. On, um, let's see, what did what did you have? 192 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. 20, 33 carries on the day. Yeah. Um, Thompson had 13 carries for 96 yards. He had a 58-yarder, uh, very nearly scored. Would have been a 60-yarder. Tejon Henry had eight carries for 31 yards. 
Uh, Armand Shine, five carries for 18 yards. Duffy, seven carries for 16. Yeah, your run game is is really not that it's, bad. It's strange that like it's doing as well as you could have hoped for in previous scenes. Like if we could just run the ball like at this pace, like we would have been doing so well. And now we're like the run game's there. But, like where's everything else? I think yeah. <laughs> the, the the disparity here of the run games being successful enough to where in previous years you would have like loved to have that kind of success. Well, just to put it in perspective. Texas Tech for the year has averaged 5.25 yards per carry. Which is pretty good. Yeah, it's great for Texas Tech. Alabama has averaged 5.3. Careful, because when I started comparing Texas Tech to Alabama, I got shredded. Oh, I know. That's exactly why I went there. And then <laughs> Navy, who is known for their rushing attack, averages 5.26 yards per carry. Or 5.2, whatever it was. It was .01 yards different from Texas Tech. Yeah, it's 5.26. So it's... It's just right there. I mean, they're, they're really doing well on it. I When you're down 17 nothing out of nowhere, obviously there's only so much running the ball you can do. Even at five-plus yards of carry, you can't you can't lean on that when you're down three scores. Well, and I think that's what a lot of people had issue with, too. You, you know, Roast, Yost would be running... <laughs> Yost would be running... Uh, Roasted. Running it up the middle on third and eight in the red zone. Stuff so, like that that was just well, kind of a head-scratcher. Wells addressed that in the post-game press conference, and I couldn't hear the question. Um, but he said, on third and eight, I was already planning on going for it on fourth down. But then he kicked a field goal. But we, we, he, he said that like we didn't get – he's like, I, I was planning on going for it on fourth down, so I ran it on third and long. Didn't get anything. I was like, well, now it's too long to go for it on fourth down. So the third down play call looks bad. Because it was so because it was ineffective. It was ineffective. It was like, well, I was hoping to get three or four yards and have a fourth and four, fourth and whatever. Okay. And then like so like you third and long, like, why'd you run it? And then punt or why'd you run it in field goal? Like he was supposedly, this is you know, hindsight here. He said, I was planning on going for it on fourth down. We just didn't get enough yards on third down to justify going for a fourth and eight or whatever. Yeah, whatever the down and distance and field position, all that kind of stuff. Anyways, um, so yeah, you ran the ball 37 times for the team, 192 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. Um, 12 for 26 for the air, so really poor. Yeah, 122 yards. 122 yards, which is like a quarter for most Texas Tech quarterbacks, at least in yards. Um you were one for 14 on, on third down, like we said. I, I believe that one was a, a penalty conversion that was against Oklahoma. And then you were one for four, one for three on fourth down, which was that it was a fake punt run by Jalen Hutchings, correct? Yes. And everybody's like, put him in the goal. That was line something package. to see. We, we need I haven't to see seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Some sort of fullback version of that. So I was like, hey, hey, hey. 23 personnel. Let's roll. Dude let's was, roll Mr. Dude Hutchings was barreling, in there. man. Hutchins was moving. That was a, that was a really cool play. Um, yeah, the other fourth downs were nothing. I I wanted to, you know, before we berate the defense too much, because I think that's where we're going next is talk about the defense, which, of course, is going to have to talk about OU's spectacular offense. The, the defense, you know, Jeffers had seven tackles. McPherson, Leggett, and Brooks came in with six. Uh, Coleman had that great tipped interception that was kind of Jalen Hurts first. Yep, that's right. That was kind of overshadowed by Eli Howard's 
and that weird pretty apology, dumb play and that weird apology where like he was kind of rightfully like criticized for how it was worded at least it's like oh i want to apologize to he apologized to everyone and then he apologized to the player almost like an after like an after like oh yeah and the guy that i i blew out his knee yeah almost yeah i think it's kennedy brooks i think yeah. he's okay i'm not sure but still, it was like he was the last one to be addressed in both like the long form and the short form. Yeah. It was like, why don't you start there and then work back to your coach and your AD and your teammates? <laughs> right. Let's, let's so put Mr. Hocutt towards the bottom of this apology he, list. He's, he's said most of the right things just in the wrong order, and it just came off insincere. But yeah, it, it kind of like a black mark on, on a good defensive play. Yeah. Um, he, he was completely in the wrong. He admits it. He, he kind of ex- tried to excuse it a little bit, but on the replay, and, and you know, we're not there. We're not in the kid's head. It sure like he looked like he was just diving for something just for the heck of it. I don't know if he was trying to hurt somebody, but obviously I, when I you're diving like that out of bounds, you could very easily hurt somebody. Sure, and I was, I was going to say, I don't know if you can say he was trying to hurt somebody, but that no, was I not a – like if you're trying to spring your runner, your returner, you're That's all, not a block that you're going to make. No, you're you're more likely so, to tackle Coleman at that point than you are to just block somebody. Push him out of bounds. I mean, you probably yeah. got like a block in the back, whatever. Anyways, um, Hertz ended up having a career high in passing yards on 17 completions, 415 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, so 24.4 yards per catch. He only played three quarters. Did you also see the video of him working out in his uniform after the game? Yeah, and I saw a lot of comments. Well, he, because the Texas Tech defense was not enough of a workout. Yeah, he was, was like, still. I think he had the. He just had his Under Armour shirt, but he, he had still his, had his pads. He had full pads on and pants on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he didn't have his shoulder pads on. But yeah, he had a medicine ball going to town, trying to trying to get a workout in. Come on, Trey Sermon, the running back for Oklahoma, seven carries, seventy six yards, two touchdowns, 10, almost eleven yards per carry. Jalen Hurts, nine carries, 70 yards, one touchdown, eight yards carry. And then C.D. Lamb and Charleston Rambo, both were guys that Jay on the preview podcast said, if if either one of them are doing these things, you're in trouble. They both did the things he said yeah, you'd I, be in I, trouble with. I think specifically Lamb, he said, if Lamb's he, catching four, four passes. Ca- you're having, you're Lamb having a bad caught day. seven <laughs> for 185, three touchdowns, 26 yards per catch. Charleston Rambo, two receptions, 122 yards. So one was 74 yards, one was 48, averaging 61 yards a catch. Um, on on those, and you haven't seen these yet, but this is where our secondary is completely depanced and exposed. And and one of them, one of the reasons is I think Fry went down in the second or third quarter with an injury. So Thomas. Number 28 came in and was playing the safety position. Anyway, he had a chance to tackle Lamb, I believe, and it just did was not go well. No, so 28 was Beck, I thought. I, I'll have to, I have to see exactly who it was. So no, he, he was one of those players that got shrugged off. Uh, well, I think that there was then, more than one. Dadrian Taylor was also the one that got shrugged off by CeeDee Lamb. Taylor. Taylor. Because he, he wrapped he, I say wrapped him up. He had his arms around CeeDee Lamb when he caught the ball. Granted, he was already like 20 yards downfield. And it wasn't like um, an earlier play when one of the defensive backs just kind of threw his shoulder into the receiver. Like he had his arms around Lamb. Lamb just like 
shook them off. And then and, went to the house. And then ran another 40 yards, basically from like a standstill after he shrugged off the defender. There were so many plays like that, uh, that dump pass that Hertz made on fourth and on, I thought it was fourth and eight, but Keith, fourth and eleven. But Keith corrected me that it was fourth and eleven. It was the one fourth down to a fullback that they went to, and that fullback he um, he completely dodged three tackles. Three. They dove at his feet. We're diving at people's feet again. It's not going to work. <laughs> it didn't work in the years previous. It's you're going to you're going to you're predicting where they're going to be, and a you're two, wrong on that. Two or three steps before they're there, and two okay, even if you do predict it, they can just kind of jump over you. Well, if it's you're, if you're diving at somebody's feet, you're, you're, you're diving into moving, you're telegraphing it, right? Like you're diving so early, like it's fairly easy to avoid that. Yeah. For these college athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was ugly that it, it's been, I think it's been discussed quite a bit. The tackling was probably the poorest part of the defense. Uh I mean, I think the front seven, the effort was there. They were, they did get some pressure to Hertz here and there. They got pressure to Hertz on that play, even. Mm-hmm. I think he threw it as he was following. Late. I don't know if he actually got to the ground or not, but there were two guys right in his face, and they definitely made contact with him. But still, they converted a fourth and eleven. Now, I get. I was only looking at the highlights. I didn't see any of that weakness along the left side of the off- Oklahoma <laughs> offensive line, <laughs> no. like Jay was talking about. Um, they, they did, the rush did come from that side on mm-hmm. that play, but it, it wasn't enough to obviously affect it. And I did see several times when, when Hertz rolled out of the pocket, he rolled to the right. Yeah. Or, or they moved the pocket where they pulled a couple linemen to the right. So they were moving away from that left side intentionally on several plays. Okay. Anyways, Oklahoma, you knew it was going to be a, a difficult task. Um, it was a 27 and a half point line. Last time I looked, you lost by more than that. <laughs> a lot of people are upset about it. It's like, well, you were picked to lose by four touchdowns to a team that's going to be competing in the playoffs, potentially going for a national title against Hertz, who's again looking like another first round draft pick quarterback, Heisman trophy candidate. Not sure what people were expecting. It played out pretty much how I thought it would. I, I thought our defense I, would play I, a little better, at least tackling. Sure, yeah. I, you I, know, I was thinking like the the defensive tackling. I think where it was what I was going to point to. Yeah, being a little disappointed in that, but Hertz did well. The running backs did well. Our CD Lamb did not do well. Offense. <laughs> I mean, it's anyways. It's it's not. It doesn't mean it's acceptable. No, for but, sure. But it is. It is uh, based off what we had seen. That it was pretty much what we'd expected to see. Uh, pretty darn close to it, actually. So we're getting ready for this weekend. You're hosting the other team from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, another 11 a.m. kickoff, this time on FS1. Um, Seth on Stagling the Plains already has a first look. All of the, the content for the preview will be going up, so be sure to, to have that page bookmarked. Check back in fairly regularly. Um as I, I wouldn't say as much as Jalen Hurts concerned me that Chuba Hubbard concerns me, but like Chuba Hubbard concerns me. He, I wouldn't say it's as much because it's at least one dimensional. At least, at least Chuba Hubbard's not going to pass for four hundred and thirty something yards on you. That's true. That's that's the only consolation. 
However, he may run for 300, but he's not going to pass for 400. Against Kansas State, he ran for nearly 300 yards. An insane, an insane 296 yards on 25 attempts. So just under 12 yards per carry. Yeah. And that against I, a solid defensive team in Kansas State. I think he did have one 80 plus yard run. It's 84, 86, something like that. But. Okay, if you take that away, if you take you're that still at 24 attempts for 210 yards. Yeah. That's still greater than 10 yards a carry. That's 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 greater than... Um, uh, it's just under 10 yards. Yeah. That's greater than your, your entire rushing total from the previous game in Norman. So, Chuba Hubbard scares me. Their offensive line is doing really well to open up holes for him. He's super patient. He just... He gets the ball and just kind of like waits for the offensive line to do its job. And then it's like... Oh, there's a hole, and then he's gone. Well, and and they they give him, you know, they give him a lot of opportunities. You know, um, he had. Let's see, I, I I would love to see a Texas Tech running back carry the ball 25 times. Yeah, we we've barely seen them get into double digits here and there. Yeah, I, I, Thompson had the most I've seen in a while at 13. Yeah, I I think Shine had. I, I feel like. They both got into it's double probably the Arizona game, game where there was one, and then the the first game where they well, not the first game, it's probably UTEP where they had very close totals like twelve, twelve, and eight or something. Right, but I mean against Texas just the week before, Hubbard r- rushed thirty seven times for one hundred twenty one yards mm-hmm. uh, against, which is his lowest rushing output of the season. The game before that, so far, right, right. The game before that, well, it's it's not actually there was one game that was that was less than that, but I think it was because he didn't play much against um who is that t texas louisiana southern tulsa texas louisiana southern <laughs> southern alabama they played tulsa oh, okay Tulsa. he rushed 32 times for 256 yards yeah and then against oregon state 26 times for 221 so out of just those stats that you heard us read he's got four games over 100 yards three games over 200 and one game four yards shy of a 300 yard rush. He's, he's incredible. And they give him the ball. They give him enough. They're, they're not going to stop just because it didn't work. One drive doesn't mean that they're not going to come back and, and, and get you. And that's, I wish I would have gotten to watch this game, but I have not yet subscribed to the ESPN plus chain of command. <laughs> um, because Spencer Sanders just kind of had a, you know, he just kind of had a rough day. Uh, oh, oh man, I thought I had it over here. I don't have it on here, but he had um, two interceptions, only 153 passing yards against Kansas State, and those two interceptions came late. So I think I, I just expected them to have rolled K State with these stats, with seeing how much Hubbard rushed for. But they and only they, won twenty six to thirteen. But I think the Kansas State touchdown came late, right? And it was like twenty six to six. And which, okay, but like a twenty point lead with a runner at three hundred yards. Yeah, it's not as big as you would think. Well, and I, I think that you know Sanders those late interceptions probably made it seem closer than it was too. Well, that's certainly helped K, K- State stay in it late. Sure, and score. So but having and, not and watched it, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, well this. The fact that they put up, you know, 526 total yards on offense and only 26 points, that's got to be part of it. That or, you know, K-State may have a decent red zone defense. Um, OSU was only four for 13 on third downs. That's not 
super, which is super su- impressive. Surprising when you have a, a rusher doing so well. Right. Like, why, why don't you just feed him? So maybe there's some credit to KSU there for being able to hold him a little bit. Uh, the, but then also um, th- their wide receiver, is it Tylen or Tillon? Do you know? Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. He was their passing game. He was it. I mean, they had 153 yards passing. He had 145 he of them. Yeah, he, he and Stone are like their, their main guys. Right. And in that game, he had eight receptions for 145 yards. He averaged 18 yards per catch. I mean, he's he's going to be really dangerous for this secondary that has been completely completely exposed against yeah. uh, any any semblance of a good passing game. So Oklahoma State is 4-1 and one on this season. They've played Oregon State. McNeese State is the other game we hadn't touched on for Hubbard, Hubbard stats, Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, they were underwhelming in that game, and I just had a feeling well, maybe it, he didn't play that well, much. Underwhelming, they still won 56-14. That's what I mean. FCS team. Then they, they defeated, um, sorry, they defeated Tulsa, lost to Texas by about a touchdown and then came back and doubled up Kansas State. So 4-1 and one, uh, in five games, Hubbard's nearing 1,000 yards, so just under 200 yards a game average, which is, you know, on pace guy. He's plus 2,000 yards for the season. Yeah, I, w- I would say that the one... Knock on what he stays healthy. Right. Uh, yeah, we, we obviously would want him to stay healthy. To, man, break, break some records, so young he's man. He's so good. <laughs> he's so fun to watch. And he's only a sophomore, right? So he's, he's going to be again. He's going to be back next year. And, and Sanders, true freshman, the, the one good thing, you know, his passing is... It's okay. He's 64% completion. He, his, he has passed for 1,043 yards already, which is crazy well and again that's in five games yeah but that's i think bowman had a thousand yards in three games but what gets him uh gets him a little bit knocked down the scale a tad is his five interceptions he's got eight tds and Mm -hmm. five interceptions so there's a chance two this week right and that was you know the first well not the first big 12 game is his second one but I'm hoping that maybe that's something Coleman could, you know, snag one of those. Maybe we Tech could get an interception and, and turn turn something around on a couple of these plays. But uh, that could be something to look for. But when you've got a rushing game like that, even if someone does throw an interception here and there, they may be able to just run it 17, 18 and, plays in a row like Arizona did. And we, we've seen Texas Tech defense, or a team that has success rushing the ball, you finally – uh, commit to stopping the run and they're going to hit you with like a play action and make you look silly. Um, yeah. So they had pretty good stats against Kansas State except for their third down conversion. 153 passing yards, not a lot, but they had 373 on the ground, which is enough to make anybody tap out. Um, currently the line, this is as of Monday evening, the line is minus nine and a half for Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm consensus within the slot group that's not enough points yeah i i see that line moving and And it already has moved you said it opened at minus seven it's already up three points in the first day it's been open my friend adam and i like to kind of play uh we we like to guess the lines a little bit (laughs) and i texted him i thought it would open if you know fresh off the ou loss (laughs) i did i think i said 13 or 14 and he guessed 10 we were both wrong, and it was seven. And I'm, I'm thinking it – I feel like it will at least double. I think it will land around 13 and a half or 14. 
Um, but I think it's 17 would, would even 16 and a half wouldn't uh, be out of the realm of reasonable lines. And this mm-hmm. one to me, I, I think just the home, I guess the home advantage, the three point home advantage helps a little. <laughs> I was going to say it, it, it's got still some time to move. Um, I'm probably with you probably going to settle in around that two touchdown mark. Um, Let's do our predictions real quick before we get to our, our conversation with Marshall from Pistols Firing. I have the game a little bit lower scoring than Oklahoma. Um, I've got Oklahoma State winning this one 41-24, so it's a 17-point win at home. I Even with Duffy taking all week, like first-team snaps all week, I do think you'll see a few more points this game. Um, you're at home. I just Chuba Hubbard concerns me, and then Spencer Sanders behind that hitting Talon Wallace, especially on like a play action. I don't think you're as close as I thought you were to Oklahoma State beginning of the season. Um, obviously, you're you're running with a backup quarterback. Um, things aren't going well health wise, and you're in a a little bit more precarious situation. <laughs> overall than I think we kind of anticipated for year one under coach Wells. What, what do you think? I mine's not, mine's pretty close to yours. Uh, I'd still have OSU winning 42, 17 and you know, that 17 sounds low, but look at the scores of our last two games. Mm-hmm. It's been 16 and 14. We've had three touchdowns against power five competition in two games. I I'm going to, keep picking pretty low on the offensive side of the ball until, until I see. Yeah. Until proven otherwise. Sure. And you know, that's a 25 point loss. I, I'm hoping it doesn't come down to that, but I mean, you mentioned some, some points already and I'll just kind of echo off of those. Wallace averages 22 yards per catch. If he gets the ball, he's, he, he may not be quite as electric as CD lamb, but it's pretty close. Uh, he's, he's got a chance to, get to the end zone almost no matter where he catches it. And, you know, Tech's rushing defense is 100th currently in mm, the – It's taking a slide. <laughs> yeah. It's 100th right now at 179.8 yards per game. And we're about to have a running back who – Averages had, about 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't see that going super well. Even if Tech's able to somehow contain him, he's still going to break. He's still going to break for a couple of these 20, 30 yarders. Hopefully nothing more than that. But history's not on Tech's side either. I hate to be the history guy. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're one and nine against Oklahoma State in the past 10 years. Right. With, it's only because last year is when you beat them. That, so you're on a one-game <laughs> winning streak. Up until then, you're on a nine-game losing streak. And you haven't beat them in Lubbock since 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's... They're, they're looking pretty good. Uh, you know, I know Sanders is young. Maybe Tech can take some advantage of possibly some turnovers, some bad decisions on his part. But I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to put too much stock in that being how Tech wins this game because uh, really their only hope is to try to slow them down and force, turnovers. And force some turnovers mm-hmm. because the offense we've seen, I don't know if it's play calling yet. It could be. That could partially be it. It could be personnel. It could be poor, bad defensive matchups. But I do think a lot of it is play calling and uh, having this team ready. They they really didn't look 
ready against OU. They were running which out of the huddle, which is different. They strange. were strange. They had two weeks to prepare. And right. They had two weeks. That's what, that's what we saw. And I guess that's why people are kind of upset with how tech lost, you know, by almost 40, but they still lost by 40. And I don't think much would have changed if they'd prepped a little bit better. But anyway, all that to say, not super confident this week and still, still rooting for him, hoping for uh, some progress, hoping to see some, something to uh, be happy about, but, it's gonna, it's gonna be a long season, guys. Even longer than I thought when when we first started. Yep. All right, let's get to our our preview interview with uh, Marshall Scott from Pistols Firing, um, and then we'll we'll come back and wrap up the rest of the episode after that. All right, buddy. We are joined this week by Marshall Scott, beat writer for Pistols Firing. Marshall, appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. Oh no, the pleasure is all mine, guys. Um. All right, so. You obviously saw the the game this, games this past weekend. Texas Tech did not fare too well in Norman. Um, not really all that surprising going into the going into it with you know Jalen Hurts being as explosive and just dynamic as he is. The line crept up to I think minus twenty eight, and I think most reasonable Tech fans saw that was going to be a really difficult game coming into this week. Uh, however, at least going into the beginning of the season. I think a lot of tech fans were were looking forward to to kind of gauging where tech was going to be in year one under Matt Wells. At this point, I don't think uh, Texas Tech is at where a lot of people think they were they would be or should be. Um, I, I know me personally, I preseason predicted this game um, as a potential win for Texas Tech. Week six of the season, I'm changing my mind. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, tech has the same chances as they did when I was looking at it six weeks ago. Um, let's talk about the, the Cowboys for a second. Um, I think a lot of people were watching the quarterback battle going into the season. Um, we, we don't follow, I mean, well, we, we don't follow Oklahoma state recruiting as closely as, as, as you guys do, obviously. Um, Tell us about the emergence of, of your starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders, and kind of how he t- took over the job so quickly. Yes, uh, Spencer was really kind of the golden child of his recruiting class. Um, it seemed like it lined up perfectly with Mason Rudolph exiting uh, in 2017, and then it felt like uh, Sanders was going to come in in 2018 and start, and it obviously didn't turn out that way. Taylor Cornelius got his his year, but um, Sanders is you know all Texas everything guy coming out a Gatorade player of the year and so he had a lot of hype around him and he was always the fan favorite just because in the quarterback battle just because you know he is young and Drew Brown this would be his last year if Drew Brown did win the job so Spencer Sanders has always been you know kind of a fan favorite and he's as I'm sure you guys have seen really explosive uh, with his feet Um, his arm he he has arm talent Um, he hasn't always displayed it this year he kind of is still stuck in the high school mode of I can make every throw imaginable and he's slowly finding out that he can't do that. But there are times when uh, his arm strength, it's really, really been impressive. So would you say his, his most um, valuable skill set right now is, is on the ground with his feet? Uh, yeah, I'd say so right now. I wouldn't uh, quite label him as like an option quarterback or, a, you know, an only runner, but I think right now it's, you know, obvious in the stats that he's been most effective uh, when on the move. 
All right, so let's let's talk about some of the other uh, skill players on the offense. I think um, most people should be aware of, of starting running back Hubbard there, um, nearly at a thousand yards, five games in. Where has has he found his success this season? Is it um, are, are they more like option plays? Are they like power draw? Like where's where's Hubbard finding all these yards on the ground? Uh, yeah, so they. Um, OSU has a new offensive line coach in Charlie Dickey this year. He came over from Kansas State, and uh, his his big mantra has really been a lot of you know zone running plays in the inside, and then uh, the offensive line. Prior to this past week, I guess they've had dealt with some injuries uh, going into the Kansas State game. But prior to this past week, they were a very experienced offensive line. They brought back a lot of starts, so they were good up front. They just you know kind of zone and ball people, and then once Chuba Hubbard got past that front line of defense, he's uh, you know, an Olympic level sprinter uh, for Team Canada, so it's pretty tough to catch him. For sure, um, we we saw him rush for nearly 300 yards this weekend, this past weekend. Um, you know, he's had four games of 200 plus yards already on the ground. Is, is this is this something you see as being sustainable, or is he getting a lot of run early in the season as the schedule is starting to to build in terms of strength of opponent? Yeah, so going into the Texas game, the first Big 12 game of the year, you're like, okay, this this isn't sustainable because he got the ball like 37 times, a ridiculous amount, and did it on like 3.3 yards a pop. But then last week he shows you on 25 uh, carries that he can go 296, I think was his final number. Right. And so I'm, I, I wouldn't say that it is for sure sustainable, but I think that OSU fans can be a little more optimistic after seeing what he did uh, to that Kansas State team, they're going to give them the ball. Um, that that's been proven to this point, um, and it really just becomes a workload issue. Does he get injured? Is does he have any like nagging things going on? But I th- I think I'm not sure it's if the 186 I think a game he's rushing right now is sustainable. But I think 150 is a uh, is a realistic thing right now. So who's who spells him um, during the game? Is it still L.D. Brown or? Yeah, so L.D. Brown was the guy coming into this year, and uh, there were a couple others, Jameel Jeter and Desmond Jackson, who many thought you know that they'd also get some run because that's kind of what OSU's been doing in the backfield as of late is kind of a running back by committee. Uh, they had Justice Hill with Chuba Hubbard, uh, J.D. King, who has since transferred, and L.D. Brown uh, a season ago. So that, that was, it was kind of thought to be another like committee-like approach with Hubbard just being the lead guy. But uh, as Gandhi said this week, you know, it's Chuba's making it really hard to take him out of the game. So uh, whenever he does need a break, it's L.D. Brown who comes in, who rushed better against uh, K-State last weekend, but he hasn't been as explosive as maybe the fans would have liked to this point. Uh, but yeah, L.D. Brown's RB2 for right now. So let's look at the, the outside and, and look at the receiver, um, well, the receivers, but specifically Tylen Wallace. Um, you, you mentioned Chuba Hubbard as somebody that, Gundy said is is difficult to take take out of the game when you've got a, a receiver averaging plus twenty two yards a catch and 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 you know is on pace for fifteen hundred yards give or take and about fifteen touchdowns is is he the main threat through the air I mean obviously we, we look at the stats he he dominates and receptions and yards but is, is that just because of the skill like is the offense still pretty balanced you know, th- throwing around, or is it mainly if it's not running, it's going to, to Wallace? 
Um, to this point, it has been. If if they're not running, they're throwing it to Tylen Wallace. I'm not sure if that's just a kind of a young quarterback issue if he's not you know fully making it through all those reads before he gets happy feet and takes off. Um, but they are they're definitely more than capable around Wallace. Uh, Dylan Stoner's a guy who comes to mind. He's a redshirt junior. Um, you know he's built a career on you know being a stable guy for them to this point. Um, on the other side, they have Jordan McRae and C.J. Moore, who are both six five six six guys. Um, and then they have Jelani Woods and Logan Carter out of the Cowboy back, the tight end. Um, that's what they call it. So th- they're more than capable around them, but they haven't really shown it off to this point. And Gundy kind of mentioned that uh, on Monday as, you know, we, we kind of do need to get those guys maybe a little more involved. But, you know, why why would you not throw it to Tylen Wallace if it's working as, as well as it is? Um, you know, they the offense to this point for Oklahoma State has been um, if they're, you know, doubling up Tylen Wallace, then we're going to run it because you have a safety that's, you know, kind of out of the play. And then if they do bring that safety in, then they're going to throw it to Tylen Wallace. So it's it's kind of a pick your poison kind of deal. Um, I'm sure that some team will figure it out this year. And then that's whenever uh, those other guys that I mentioned will get a chance to step up. Sure. And you, you mentioned quite a few of the other receiver names. Um, is there anybody else on the offensive side of the ball that tech fans should be aware of, you know, say Wallace is not having a good day for whatever reason, who else might Spencer Sanders be looking to towards through the air? Um, who else, like I said, should, should tech fans be me on the lookout for? If yeah, it's anybody. Been a call at this, yeah. It's been a tough call to this point. Um, I would say Dylan Stoner, just because I think he's probably got the second most targets behind um, Tylen Wallace. Uh, but another guy to look out for is C.J. Moore has done really well with the the kind of the limited work he's been given. He scored uh, two receiving touchdowns this season. I think they came in the first two games. He's a redshirt freshman. Um, but Dylan Stoner, I'd say, would probably take the lead on that. And then the uh, the Cowboy backs in Logan Carter and Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods is a former quarterback, but he's six foot eight, and now he's up to like two sixty five. He's crazy athletic. It's you know, OSU fans are really excited about him. He hasn't got involved in the offense as much to this point, um, but against K State, they kind of worked in those tight ends a little bit more. Okay, so let's, let's look on the defensive side. Uh, tell us about the defensive improvements in year two under defensive coordinator coach Jim Knowles. Yeah, so earlier in the year, um, Oregon State in particular, and then uh, that second quarter against Tulsa, it did not look like the defense had improved very much. But then since halftime against Tulsa, they've almost been a totally different team. Uh, Jim Knowles' system coming in was a, a 4-2-5, but he's since switched up, and they're kind of like a base 3-3, like what you're seeing with uh, a lot of other schools in the nation do. Um, so it's it's been an improvement. The defensive line uh, for Oklahoma State is really inexperienced this year. They're you know obviously getting better as they go along. And then in the uh, defensive backfield, you have corners in A.J. Green and Rodarius Williams who have been a duo. I think this is their third or fourth season together. I think they might have both played as freshmen uh, together. So you get those guys um, going. The safeties are still kind of young, but they had a lot of experience last year. I think they uh, played three uh, true freshman safeties last year. So those guys are all sophomores. So it's just kind of a, an experience that they're, they're having to you know gain that experience. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that's just like jumping out is like, oh, this is what they're doing so much better than last year. It's just kind of been a, you know, getting better as you go along kind of deal. So as the unit has been improving, um, has there been any any player specifically that, that has stepped out? Somebody that like on the defensive side that Tech fans should be aware of? 
Um, you, you mentioned uh, the defensive line is inexperienced, but what about like linebackers or defensive backs? Anybody out there that Tech Finch, like if they if they hear this person's name called a bunch on Saturday, know that it's because he's the leader of the defense. Or who would that person be? Yeah, so the uh, the two main linebackers that uh, Jim Knowles is running right now is Eamon Ogbong Bamiga. Uh, try and saying that five times fast, and then uh, Malcolm Rodriguez, who played safety last year, but has since moved down. Malcolm's a really sure tackler. He's you know, being a former safety. He's you know good in pass defense, good in open field for a linebacker, um, especially. And then Ogbong Bamiga, he uh, Jim Knowles talked about that last year. Um, Justin Phillips was the middle linebacker last year. And he, um, Jim Knowles talked about how, you know, he really wanted to get Eamon ready for this year because he knew he was only going to have one year of Justin. And it, it seems to have really paid off for him. Uh, Eamon and Malcolm, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm sure that they're leading the team in tackles. Um, and with, with the defense that Jim Knowles runs, those linebackers are really important. Yeah, so guys one and two on the tackle list are uh, Ongbong Bamiga and uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk about the the game this weekend specifically. Um, with Oklahoma State being favored, how do you see a game where like, if Texas Tech is going to win this game, how does that happen? So, t- t- tell me, Tech Tech wins if what? Um, I think if Spencer Sanders kind of gets out of his world, and uh, you know, he's I think he's eight touchdowns to five interceptions at this point. Uh, in the season, I think if Spencer Sanders kind of tries to do too much, um, if OSU turns the ball over a little too much, and I, th- I think with right now with Tech's quarterback situation, I think that OSU would almost have to give the game to Tech, if that makes sense. For sure. Okay, so give us your, your prediction for the game. The the current line, I think it's it's moved all the way up to minus 10.5 in favor of Oklahoma State. Um, how do you see the game playing out this Saturday yeah, I think I'd still uh, take Oklahoma State in that. I think I would think numbers wise, I'd probably go like thirty-eight twenty-one uh, OSU, just because this, the, the the quarterback thing is obviously a, a big deal for Tech. Um, I think that it'll obviously be better this week with uh, you know just the more experience that Duffy's been able to get in practice this week, and then it with it not being two guys this week, it is uh, Duffy alone, if I'm not mistaken. So. I think that he'll he'll be improved this week, but I'm not sure that um, it's enough right now to to go at Oklahoma State, um, especially with how improved their defense has looked. Uh, with that said, you know it's it's an Oklahoma State defense; it's definitely susceptible to a, a relapse. Um, so yeah, and then on the, on the other side of the ball, uh, they're, they're just so explosive, uh, Sanders and Hubbard and Wallace. I'm I'm not sure that with given Tech's quarterback situation, they're going to be able to outscore Oklahoma State. Yeah, so my projection was was really similar to yours. I, I think I had it like forty one twenty four, and then as soon as I said twenty four, I was like, you know, that feels kind of like a lot for Tech right now, um, yeah. with the the uncertainty at quarterback and and just the the install of the new offense. It's been a rocky start since we've picked up in, in, in level of competition, um, and then I I always, I mean it. In, until the defense proves otherwise, a, a strong running threat um, always concerns me. So when I see Sanders and, and Hubbard both being super successful on the ground, I'm like, you've got to show me that you can stop that before I'm I'm actually going to like 
hundred percent buy into that kind of thing. Um, and, and I'm, I'm with you that the way that I, I see a tech win happening would be that they would have to be stopping Sanders. They'd have to be forcing turnovers, whether it's through the air or, uh, forcing Hubbard to fumble. Um, and even then it's also going to take a lot on the offensive side that we just haven't seen yet. So, um, special teams for Texas Tech are going to have to continue to be really strong, um, make the Cowboys drive the length of the field, although we've seen teams being able to do that. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just we're looking for, you know, a cover, <laughs> which is okay. kind of sad to say. Um, I still see this line moving in, into the 12 or 13-point range, and even then I, I would still right now pick Oklahoma State. Um, Marshall, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for joining us on the 23 personnel podcast. Where, where can people find you and your work? Uh, yeah. Um, so pistolsfiringblog.com is, uh, we, we cover the heck out of Oklahoma state, me and uh, my colleagues. Uh, we, we, we like to think we do a pretty good job. And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marshall underscore once. Um, that's, a the, the once thing, it's a long ordeal that I don't, that we don't have time to get into right now, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, thank you uh, for having me. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. All right, man. I appreciate it. Uh, good luck this weekend and hope everybody comes out of the game fairly healthy. Thank you. All right. We want to thank Marshall Scott again for joining us on the 23 personnel podcast. If you want to follow him, you can hit him up on at Marshall underscore once and read or listen to all the things going on over at pistols firing. Um, heading to this weekend, we do, we will be on countdown to kickoff once again, a 9 a.m. start time for us. We will probably only go until about 10 or so and maybe go through the first break. Right. The show will go on without us, but we'll have to run because it is a home game. We'll run up to the the stadium. Um, Rob and Carson and Tucker will carry on. Um, if you want to follow all of those guys, you can hit them up at Rob Bro Show. Remember, Rob is Cajun, B-R-E-A-U-X. The station at Talk 1340. Carson is at Car Rob underscore radio, so it's K-A-R-R-O-B, and then Tucker Lowrance. Um, you can obviously listen to us over the air on 1340 AM on kkam.com or the talk 1340 app on your phone or smart speaker that's right so you can tell you can tell i'm not going to say it because then y'all could hear it but you could tell your echo to play talk 1340 and it would know what you're talking about once you add the skill okay let's get to your questions now are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay. So, we got a couple questions, thoughts. Yeah points to reflect on did you want to go into the ones after the ou game i kind of think that would be sure let's let's scroll back a little we bit we could throw those in there uh i, I can dig them up I, I just put we we tweeted out after the ou game you know 
we didn't have an instant reaction podcast, as y'all know, and just kind of gave y'all a chance to share some thoughts and comments. <laughs> I'm, I'm scrolling back. There was a lot of Taco Casa. Yeah, we, we got into we got into that later on. Uh, but out of that group, Red Raider Reset Man came in and said, think we could pay Kingsbury enough to come back as the no, OC? stop. <laughs> I like you, Red Raider Reset Man, but we're not going backwards <laughs> to him or Leach. Amy said, uh, this is what she meant by her question of if the season is over, not a bowl game, but will the staff be capable of fielding a product worth watching? Answer to that is no, definitely no. Ouch. Which is, is remains I, to be seen, Amy. There, there's, there's a little hope. It's hard to also hold out hope and say, Hey, wait till we play Kansas or West Virginia. Yeah, I know that's not a, that's not a good carrot to dangle out there. It's like, yeah. Um, hey, we, we could get to four wins. If, we could. If we win those two games. If we play if, our cards right. If we win those two yeah, games. Yeah, because TCU just poured it on poor Kansas. I, I really thought that was going to be a closer game. I I would have taken Kansas with the points. I think they were You remember plus what the line eight. was? Plus eight? No, it was plus 15. Something like that. Yeah, I would have taken Kansas on that. Yeah, and I thought, oh, Kansas will they'll, they'll play them close. It'll, it'll be a pretty good game. But no, TCU just um, trounced them. Oof. All right, so from still skipping... Good to get Our man's those. Skippable. Good to get those points on the board when drives stalled out in the red zone. And I'm not sure, my friend, if you're being facetious. Facetious. Fas- Does it start with a F. Yep. Facetious. Anyway, facetious. I'm not sure, but um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let that one hang out there because <laughs> I can't tell if you're, that one if you're if you're uh, messing with me or not, but. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with field goals. I understand why people aren't. I'm okay with the our freshman field goal kicker. He's perfect, getting, man. Getting his third, fourth, and fifth attempts in front of eighty thousand people on the road, even though it was in a a grossly losing effort, it's still. I, I don't know. I I think there was some benefit there. Uh, we got the final four with the Matadors saying, "I'm glad they scored." Hey. We're right there with you. <laughs> Small things, man. Small things. Uh, ben Stanton came in. He said two thoughts, and he's not going to be negative, which is great. Thanks for that. Uh, one, we aren't reloading here. We are tearing the thing down from the top to the bottom, building it back up the way it needs to be done. Beard didn't have super success till year two. I think we need to be patient. And then he goes on to say a little bit more too. I know the offense is designed to be simpler so we can go faster and have more success, but is it too simple for this level of play? Yost has had success at this level before. So this really surprises me. Yeah. I don't know how I would evaluate if it's too simple because of past success. Um, obviously it's, it's apples and oranges comparing mountain West competition talent to big 12. Yeah. But we have seen him and his offense be successful elsewhere. Yeah, it may, just, it may just take some time to implement. Um, the guys, I don't know. It just, I don't think it's just like all of a sudden his offense doesn't work. I think it's just taking longer than four games to install and execute at the level that Utah State was at year, however long he was there, three or four. Right, and and Ben, I don't think this is what you're saying, but it just kind of made me think of it. A lot of folks are really folks. A lot of people are really uh, hanging their hat on. Everyone was excited to repeat it before the season started. Matt Wells, this isn't a rebuild. This is a reload. Everyone was excited about that. They thought that made sense and they agreed with it. What if he was wrong? A. B. What if 
he knew he was wrong, but what else do you say? And we're seeing that right now with the secondary. The secondary is pretty pretty rough. That's mm-hmm. one skill group. Uh, that's one group that's um, ha- does not have a whole lot going for it. The wide receivers, we've got Vasher. That's it. Uh, Keyshawn Carter hasn't done anything. None of these guys line up and wide receiver have really done much. We've got some good inside guys. Uh, we've got a great running back core. The line's doing – they really are doing pretty well. Uh, statistically, you look at it, they're doing okay. Um, if we could just have Anton Wesley come back. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Had he not gotten whatever info it was that some terrible insider the NFL and he's info on a practice squad, maybe. But yeah, I, I think we're seeing uh we're seeing firsthand what what we have and now we're having to address it and we don't like it. No. <laughs> so do we have any more? There was just two okay, more. Sorry. Uh, I, I want to make sure we get to those before we move on. Picks right came questions. in to say that um, Duffy stayed in too long. Eh, I don't know. Uh, if he's, uh, if he's QB1, he gonna, is, who's he going to like? We're not going to put in. Yeah, we're not going to put in Xavier Martin. Actually, who's, who's been at wide receiver you know what? since? I wouldn't have minded that. And I actually tweeted that. I wouldn't have minded Xavier Martin going in the last series or two because if he's going to be QB2 potentially well okay so well, why do you why do you think xavier martin would be qb2 and not tyner hmm. what, why would a a wide receiver come in and well he's the emergency quarterback what we would assume be like almost a hundred percent like a wildcat type because i think his style of play is more similar to duffy's and if they're if they tweak anything which i hope they will that they may tweak their offense to benefit Duffy a little bit more. And his style of play complements each other. Oh, they didn't. I know. (laughs) Because they were going with Tyner as QB1. So maybe... Well, they split time, supposedly. Like, and and, and Yost was like, well, we're going to do what what each quarterback does best. Like, well, but you didn't. I'm finishing my whiskey on that one. Okay. There was there was one other tweet and it's from a guy who's changed his account to at Fire Matt Wells, so I think we know where this guy stands. <laughs> and uh, it was in reply to Ben's earlier tweet about uh, Beard not having success until year two or super success until year two. And then this guy said Beard also didn't completely suck in year one either. So there's that. Well, okay, we're also in game four of year one for Wells. Like it's hard to say that we're completely sucking. Yes. Oklahoma game was rough. The Arizona game was rough, but it's also not the end of the season yet. You know, now, you, if you go two and ten, sure you can say, "Yeah, Matt Well sucked here one." You know, I like my guy. I like my guy Cliff Kingsbury, but uh, I believe Tubby Smith had some pretty darn good players that he recruited himself on that roster when Beard got here. Oh, for sure. I mean, some really outstanding guys. And we're seeing we're seeing the way that Chris Beard recruits and replaces talent, whatever he's. Did not do that year one. He didn't come in here and bring in eight new guys that were junior college or transfers or whatever. Whereas we're seeing him do that now after a run to the national title game. We have, I believe it's eight newcomers this year. I think so. On a team that played for effing national championship game. Yeah. It's it's still too soon to talk about it. It still hurts too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad. Like, Five months ago, almost six months ago, we were competing for a national title in a major men's sport. 
Like we were in. Oh, I can't even talk about it. Well, well, okay, we can go to okay. That's the we end of on. the OU questions. Let's go to. Do we have any Oklahoma State questions? How do we? This is from Tyler Timmons. How do we feel about the eight and a half point line? I kind of don't think it's enough. We we kind of touch on this. Yeah. We, we think it'll be probably close to double that. The 12, 13, 14 point range. It may get up to 15 or 16. We'll, we'll know. Um, it's sure open low. I'm, I'm with you. I think it'll go up. So you, you said open at seven. By the time he tweeted this, it was eight and a half. When I put this notes together, it was nine and a half. I've seen 10. So yeah, it's our, it's still moving. Yeah, it's still moving. Uh, right over recent man, win loss record with jet. So I pulled up the rest of the schedule. Um, if Bowman comes back, at the earliest possible time, according to the timeline we were first told about, that would be against Kansas. Remaining schedule until Kansas is this week against Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State. I think it's possible you go an 0-4. And And that would not be any fault of Duffy's. Like, I I don't think that that would completely fall the feet of Duffy. No. It's just... Or or maybe maybe hold Bowman out till after the Kansas game and, and Duffy gets one win as a starter. You know, I I wonder. I'm also not saying he's going to lose all those games, but it's possible you could go 0-4. And we'll probably explore this more, but I'm just kind of going to float this out in the ether as it gets closer. What if there's a quarterback controversy when Bowman comes back? What if Duffy does and well enough kind and of Bowman already... didn't really – he wasn't lighting the world on fire before he went down. What if – it makes sense to just stick with Bowman for the rest. I mean, uh, Duffy for the rest of the year. And, and there's also a chance that Bowman could get a red shirt. Well, he had, he has yet to play in four games this season, right? So without even applying for a medical red shirt, he could still red shirt for this season. If by the time he comes back, the season is in hand and you, there's no reason to put him out there. Um, also, we've kind of already set the groundwork for that kind of comparison between Duffy and Bowman when we're comparing Bowman versus Big 12 versus Duffy versus Big 12. Yeah. And it was a lot more similar than you would think. It was closer, closer than you thought. And what, what I still don't get is all the people, especially the local radio hosts, are like, but Bowman is so much better. We're like, the stats don't bear that out. Like Bowman has had the benefit of Lamar and UTEP and that, all those type of games. That crazy Antoine Wesley game against Houston. That Duffy didn't have. Like well, Bowman's stats are so much better. Like when he played shit teams. Yeah. Like when Duffy came in, like it was against West Virginia down 21 points or whatever it was. I think it was 28 to seven. Yeah. And then he played Oklahoma and nearly beat Texas. Like Duffy sample size last year was against the best of the conference. And he still did as well as Bowman did against the crap teams of the conference. Like if we want to talk about Bowman versus Duffy, like I'm convincing myself it's not really that much of a competition because it's so much in favor of Duffy. When you look at the stats, but not the perception. Everybody's like, well, Duffy turns the ball over so much. It's like, they turned it over the same amount. They scored the same amount of points. Like, Duffy had a higher rate of turnovers per play, but there were also fewer, like, I think he had like 29 
touches per turnover where like Bowman had 35 or whatever. Duffy ran the ball more and passed it fewer times. Like there were more times that where Texas Tech ran the ball with when Duffy was a quarterback, not just Duffy running it, but the running back. So like I'd have to go back and look at all the, the number of plays total because this is just accounting for plays that the quarterback either ran the ball or passed the ball, not total times the offense ran ran a play if that yeah. makes sense yeah like it when bowman was the starting quarterback he was in charge like he touched the ball and wasn't like accountable for m- many more plays than duffy was they still turned the ball over the same number of times total whether it was interceptions thrown or fumbles still scored the same amount of touchdowns against conference opponents although i would skew duffy had the more difficult of the conference opponents. Like he played more snaps versus Oklahoma. He played all of Texas. Um, he didn't play Oklahoma state, but he played TCU. Um, well, he played Baylor and Kansas state, but those were, those are rough games. Well, in one of those, he played hurt. Yeah. So it's if, and when we get to that, I, I, it's going to be hard not to like put Bowman back in when he's fully healthy, but like, if you look at a statistical comparison and take out the perception, like it's hard to say like one should start of the other outside of what you see in practice. But also we know Tyner performed better in practice than Duffy and Tyner shit his pants. <laughs> he completed one pass. Like, like it's hard to hold practice against Duffy when the dude in front of him had one completion for two yards. Yeah, I, I want to not let's not let's just say like Duffy can't complete in practice because like, OK, Tyner, maybe, but like he got on the road and couldn't do Jack. I wanted to throw this out there, too. I, Sorry, I saw I'm, quite I'm, a no, you're good. I, get a little heated I saw quite a few uh, quite a few OU fans pretty amped about their defense and how their defense is turning around with Grinch and Which all is, that kind of stuff. It's possible. It's, it's possible. Also, but it's also kind of hard to say, like. Don't judge it off of still this Still haven't played anybody. Like, yeah. When we're talking about the preview, like, has Oklahoma played anybody? Like, at this point, you probably still can make the argument against Oklahoma. Like, they haven't played a defense yet to say, sorry, an offense yet to say that the Oklahoma defense has improved right. a lot. I don't know. We don't maybe, know yet. Maybe, maybe they are. I haven't watched five games of Oklahoma. But, yeah, it's it's. I think it's skewed. I, I think the brand name, the Texas Tech brand name has – Got some people fooled into thinking that OU's really got a defense. We'll see. Outside of Texas Tech fans, yes. We will, we will see <laughs> because uh, most Tech fans came into this game not expecting a shootout by any means. Yeah. And you, you were starting to back up quarterbacks. And Anyway, you, let, you, let's you, just you, hold it off on that, OU fans. You've played three quarterbacks so far this year. Yeah. Um, also from Red Road Reset Man, how many years does Wells get before people start with the Fire Wells bandwagon? We're already kind of seeing that. Yeah. It's premature. 0.33 years. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the year, if it's, you know, understandable, if we go three and nine, four and eight, like people are going to be upset, two and 10, even worse. I still think he's probably get two or three years. Yeah, we're, we're which gonna... is understandable. Like you need, you need time to get in and install your players in your system. Like Yost, probably should get another year although like each passing game you're like uh, probably easier to replace an offensive coordinator than a head coach and an entire staff we're, we're gonna see we're gonna see that and we already are seeing it uh, 
I don't believe that it should start this soon or after year one. I don't think it should start that soon. I, I I'm with you. I've I've kind of got in my head three years minimum. That seems to be the the going rate with most of us. Three years, then we'll really start evaluating or really start. You know, that third year is going to have to not be a, a four win year, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, but and, and he, yeah, and Red Raider reset man go, does go on to say I've. I've seen it some already after mm-hmm. four games, and and yeah, we we're seeing it too. We're seeing it all over the place, and it it's it's still early. It's very early, and I think it's just resting on a lot of people who had Tech winning eight games for whatever reason before the season started, mm-hmm. and then aren't taking into account at all the fact that they did just lose their starting quarterback, and it's going to and get worse. I think we possibly. also overvalued our returning talent, especially along the offensive line um, and our receivers. Right. Especially on at, the wide, the, the, yeah, the wide outs. At, yeah. If you're looking at offensive returning talent, I think we were a little high on the offensive line coming back. Like four of the five starters had played together for several years. You've got TJ Vasher, Eric as a all those guys. And you're just like, we can't be bad. And like, mm, actually you can be sure. <laughs> um, and then, there's one more question and it goes back to a conversation thread that Tyler Timmons started uh, over the weekend. He says, I think we're staring three and nine or four and eight right in the face. What's your favorite fast food taco? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you chimed in crunchy taco casa, soft roses. Yep. I, I stand by that for now. And then I, I was reprimanded basically. The thing I don't like about roses, soft tacos, they're, they're beef really. It's just the potato in it. Oh, I like that. It's a nice texture. It's a little added, <laughs> little added surprise. Art Bryles boobs <laughs> account weighs in. You've got those opposite chief and tags Christopher Malloy. No doubt much loved roses, but if you've got taco Casa soft taco anywhere under number one, then you've never actually eaten there. <laughs> I have eaten at taco Casa. Okay. I will admit I'm a new fan. I've only eaten there maybe five times, but I have, have yet to have the soft taco. Have they opened in Lubbock yet? They opened last okay. Tuesday, and my wife and I are going tomorrow. I will get a soft taco. I will figure maybe this it's out. it's time for us to go for lunch. Because, I mean, truly, the crunchy taco, man, it is is I like the that. most. It is it is a thick shell. And it's still, I still need to, to, to post that in, interview conversation I had with uh, Jose from... Oh, from Texas, Texas Monthly? Monthly the, yeah, that's the right. Taco editor. Yeah, you've got to do that. Which but, I, I guess, I don't know if I ever told anybody, I interviewed Jose B- Ballot Balot from Texas Monthly, who's the now taco editor. He had his first piece come out today. Yeah, and we've got interview on that. I need to post it. I probably need to like convert it to a, like a written piece and do all that kind of stuff. Anyways. But yeah, t- don't worry, guys. I'm, I'm going to get a soft taco at Taco Casa, and I will... I will report back. You said I've not, you've not had the soft taco. Appreciate the honesty. Now, yes, plan your lunch today with three soft tacos with a hot sauce. Enjoy utopian taste bud bliss. <laughs> and then he demands a full report. Oh, okay. After your, your experience. Okay. All right. Can do. All right. You ready to get to what we learned? I to am wrap ready. this up since we're going a little long this week with yep. the OU recap in there somewhere. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. What did we learn? Um, we learned today together at the same time because it was in Slack chat. 
I was just going to tag team on this because yeah. it's, it's something that we both need to weigh in on. Whataburger in 34 minutes local time here is launching their breakfast burger. And I can't, I'm, I'm pretty sure because they're, they're labeling it a burger, the meat, the protein on this is a burger patty. Yes. And they have an egg. Yep. And then they have three of their um, hash browns, hash brown strips on a hamburger bun with cheese, with cheese and it looks and bacon. Ooh, bacon. I didn't see that part. Yeah. I also thought it would actually work well with a sausage patty instead of a hamburger. Yeah, like a breakfast on a bun, like a. But then it gets back to breakfast on a bun. It's just basically yeah, it'd be like a a Bob Deluxe, but this in, in this way, it's yeah, it's an actual burger patty with all that all that good breakfast stuff on top of it. The catch is that it is only served during breakfast hours, so you you've got to go get it between eleven and eleven. Mm-hmm. Eleven p.m. and eleven a.m. Yeah, you can't roll up at noon and get you a breakfast burger. Um, oh can't forget that it also has the creamy pepper sauce on top game changer yeah <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good uh that's what we that's what we learned this week basically and, and hat tip to brian who posted that in our slack chat and uh we're all gonna have to go try that at some point i don't know how or when oh before the game on saturday yeah well on the way up there we'll maybe? have some weird transportation issues to work out that's that true. day. Maybe I stop at Waterbury and grab everybody one for oh, the that, station. Now that would be something. Now one may not be enough because let's be honest, we're, we're full grown men. <laughs> yes. There's five of us. <laughs> Might need to split two or three or something. I may be dropping some bones at Waterburger this, <laughs> this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I disappointed that they're, my favorites on their limited time offer rotation are currently out of rotation. So I bet if you ask them though, they would just make you one because my wife asks for the Monterey melt mm-hmm. even when it's not on the menu. What's the thing? And is they'll like, just make her one. One of my, like my, my favorite is the Buffalo chicken strip ranch sandwich, whatever. Yeah. The ingredients for that are not seasonal ingredients. They're chicken strips, which they already have Buffalo sauce, which they already have cheese toast texas toast yeah they've got the toast and the ranch they've got the creamy ranch sauce i'm still i'm still a green chili double guy i'm I'm that or i like over the green chilies man i'm like that or i like that one i like the a1 oh a1 thick and hearty a1 thick and hearty sweet and spicy burger is pretty good too sweet and spicy is okay i'm okay with that one because the onions are kind of odd it's more of like it's going to hold you over until you get back to a1 thick and hearty yeah and and whataburger's bacon is um hit or miss yeah you really need to like i don't want to build a sandwich around their bacon it's just kind of a thing that's there and then the um the uh patty melt i like it pretty good too <laughs> I, I always think about that southwest no sorry i'm not southwest it's a waterburger commercial where they're talking about the dude running through the terminal having to give it give up his patty melt to get on the airplane he's like i guess you have to book me on the next flight <laughs> It's like it's not that good of a sandwich, but oh well. Um, sorry, I am. You know, if if I just had my goodness, that came out loud. If I had my, my producer working the way he's supposed to be, I know we've been cracking that whip. That producer doesn't listen to us at all. But you know what? Let, let, let's be honest. Um, 
no other podcast host does as much producing as I do. Let's that's just, right. let's that's just right. be honest here. That's I, right. That's right. I'm pulling double duty. Okay. So obviously be sure to check us out this weekend on Counting to Kickoff. We want to thank Marshall from Pistols Firing for joining us. Counting to Kickoff, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. this weekend. Rob Bro, Carson Robinson, Tucker Lawrence on Talk 1340. For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for joining us the 23 Personnel Podcast. <laughs>